All right, it is good to be here uh, with you this Sunday morning. It's good to be in this place of worship. I am Pastor Matthew Rivers from St. John's Chapel over on 18 Hanover Street, Charleston, South Carolina. We are glad to be in this house this morning. Uh, I want to share something with you to let you know that uh, your pastor, your priest, and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, he said something to me when I first got here. And he said, when I came to him wanting to know, that, how do I get through? Um, and what he said to me was that he revealed his own personal feelings of his struggles that he had himself. And for that, uh, a friendship kindled there. And it blessed me tremendously that I felt that I could make it through uh, without feeling that I was by myself. And we had a friendship that really bolstered uh, in God, and, and that's the kind of friendship that we want to have. That's the kind of friendship that our churches have. And so I'm glad that I was invited to come to speak to you this morning. So I just want to let you know off the top that I am an Anglo-Baptist. I know the bishop might say something about that. but uh, <laughs> So when you hear me speaking kind of softly, it's my Anglican side of me, and then when you hear me start to hoop, that is my Baptist side. Okay, <laughs> all right. But I want to talk to you today uh, from Romans uh, 5, uh, 12 through 19. I want to talk to you a little bit about today, about this, this chapter that Paul, uh, I'm sorry, uh, that, the Rome, that, that speaking to this Roman church or the church in Rome, uh, it is a fantastic thing that we have here. And I believe that it is very much echoing out uh, from then even until right now. But where I do want to focus at is uh, verse 17 through uh, 19, and I'm going to put my glasses on. And I just want to read this for you, if you will. Now, before I read it, uh, you may have seen me on Facebook. And one of the things I always ask people to do, and that is uh, to get your Bibles, uh, get your highlighters, get your pencil, uh, because you need, I call them these links, which comes out of the anchor, which is the Bible. Uh, you need these things in order that when uh, we get ready to make this flight, and I use the plane as my analogy, when we get ready to take this flight, I need you to be ready to buckle up, uh, sit down, and have your anchor ready, and uh, you need to get these links because when I put you back down and you get back into the life and the, the life of, of going through the seas of life, you need to be able to know that you can anchor it down in your problems and that you can use these links to speak to God. Uh, in other words, you don't want to start making up something on your own. You want to be able to give God back his word so that he will begin to move. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. Uh, and I need you to understand this. That if you have never seen me, we're getting ready to take a flight, and I want you to get on board. But in all the way to get on board, you need a boarding pass. That is a Bible. You need a highlighter, and you need a piece of paper so that you will be able to go back and look at these words so that you can tell God, listen, I'm in a storm right now, and I'm just not going to make up something, God. I'm going to repeat back to you what you have given me. Why? Because the Bible says that that no word comes out of the mouth of God and it does not accomplish. It said it accomplishes everything that he says. And now God doesn't have to say it again because he's already spoken. Now what we need to do is speak back to God his word so that then he will turn around and move on our behalf. Somebody ought to say amen right there. And so, <laughs> so this morning I want you to get ready. I want you to get your pencils, get your papers, get your highlighters, and I want you to be ready to get on board. We're going to take off in just a moment. I hear the pilot telling me that, the, the, telling me that after we've got to go, so we need to get ready, so we'll get on board. But listen to the announcement. The announcement is coming to you right now. Listen to what it says. It says this in Romans 5, 17. Write this down. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more 
pay attention to that because I will echo that. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 18, therefore, one man's trespass led to the condemnation of all men. And so one man's act of righteousness led to the justification and the life of all men. Verse 19, for as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Oh, I, I want to talk to you today uh, about grace came for me. That's my title. Grace came for me. Uh, now listen, now I've been told that I need to stand behind this pulpit. Now if I run and you don't see me for about 20 seconds, that just means I'm running around because the Holy Ghost got me. But I won't do that. All right. All right. But I want to talk to you tonight about a title saying grace came for me. Listen to me on this. I want you to understand this. Here's what I want to start off. Adam is the head of all humanity, and the consequences of his sin is transferred to all families of the earth. But Jesus, listen to this. I want to give you this conjunction. But Jesus Christ is the crown of all born-again followers, and his justice is conveyed to all faithful. Are you hearing me here? I want to read that to you again. You've got to understand this. Adam is the head of all humanity, and the consequences of his sin is transferred to all families of the earth. In other words, it's the same word as imputed. Oh, my. But Jesus Christ is the crown of all born-again followers, and his justice is conveyed to all of the faithful. I want to start off with a quote that I like because John Piper is one of my most favorite. Now, if you've heard me say that, I probably quote a lot of people and say they're my favorite. But John Piper is one of my favorites. Listen to what he said in his book, Adam, Christ, and Justification. Now, listen to what he says. He's going to highlight what I just said. He says this. I quote this. This is the all-important parallel. The deepest reason why death reigns over all is not because of our individual sins, but because of Adam's sin imputed to us. So the deepest reason eternal life reigns is not because of our individual deeds of righteousness, but listen to this, to the conjunction, but because Christ's righteousness is imputed to us by the grace through faith. Oh, oh my God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, I love this because it's not because of my individual deeds of righteousness, that I am not righteous. It's only through the righteousness of Christ that his righteousness is imputed in me because you and I have accepted him through faith by grace. My God, my God. I want to give you some good news about this scripture. The good news is this, is that the news is regarding the imputed sin that, 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 that God has already made what? A remedy uh, by a sovereign plan of salvation even before Adam even sinned. Are y'all hearing me here? Stay with me. Stay with me. I want to make it clear. Watch this. Romans 5.19 will justify this. For the just for just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were what? Made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one man, they may well be made righteous. You got to write that down. I, I'm going to tell you this all through my sermon. You got to write it down. Why? Because this is the link that I want to give you. You've got to write these down because when you find trouble begin to come to your door, 
And when you find trouble, you need to be able to go back into your Bible. Some of us can quote scriptures, but many of us, like me, I can't remember them. But the more that I write down these links, I'm able to go back and say to God, God, I understand now while I'm going through this, I want to be able to tell you your word back to you so that you will begin to answer me. Because why? Through your blood of Jesus Christ, I've been made righteous by faith through grace. Oh, my. Oh, hallelujah. I, I feel like preaching it. Listen, the moment a sinner believes in Jesus and accept his gift of salvation, the righteousness of Christ is credited to his or her account. Now, anybody knows that when you start to credit my account, my bank account, I'm happy, I'm excited, but that is an earthly credit. I'm talking about a heavenly credit that when you receive God, this is what grace is. When you receive God, God's accredit you for the righteousness that is in him that his son paid on the cross. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I can make this clear. Write this down. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Write it down. Highlight it if you've got your Bibles. As far as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Believers possess the imputed righteousness of God. Can I say it to you one more time? Grace came for me, and grace has come for you. Listen to what I'm saying. As people are in Adam, and all believers are in Christ, being in Christ means that his righteousness is now ours. That is the most beautiful thing I can understand right now. Because why? Because I was born and shaped in this iniquity. But boy, when I accepted Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God, is in me and is in you. Now, that's a gift that you can't buy at Best Buy. You can't buy that anywhere, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much wealth you have. You cannot buy that gift of righteousness. But here's what it says. Through Christ's sanctified, sacrificial, through Christ's sacrificial death on the cross, the sin of humanity was imputed to Christ. Jesus took on himself the penalty for our sins. Write this down, Romans 4.25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. That is, that is one of the greatest gifts. Now, you may like Christmas, but I will tell you right now, Christmas for me comes every day that I'm able to stand and I'm able to know that the justification of Christ's righteousness that has been imputed in me has given me the ability to look forward to see him in heaven. Oh, my God. So I want to do this. I want to give you just a few things. I want to give you a few things, a few points that I want to make this very clear of what I'm telling you. Now, at this point in time, the plane is getting ready to take off. The wheels are coming up right now. We've been cleared to get off. And if you are not on board yet, we're still going to let you on, even in mid-flight. But stay with me. Amen? The first thing I want to really say to you is that sin reigns through one man. This is what the verse is saying, 12 to 14. Listen to this. The focus now shifts from our deliverance to the two ambassadors of humanity. Verse 12 echoes this story out of Genesis 3, and it highlights this, that Adam's disobedience brought death and divorce to the world. For this reason, just through one man's sin into the world and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all men sin. But here's the counteroffer. The counteroffer is this. The counter is this, that, that, that going through Jesus, that humanity through justification gave men the right to stand with God through Jesus Christ, through the sacrificial death and the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. This is what Paul has always been talking about. Paul is always referencing this. So the counteroffice is that Adam, through him, because of his disobedience, he brought death 
and divorce for us as humanity. But the counter office, Jesus said, listen, I'm going to counter you, Adam. Oh, my. Hallelujah. I'm going to counter you with my sacrificial death in order that what man and you and I may have a right to come back to Christ and receive the justification that we need in order to make it back to heaven. My God. How many of you have gone out to buy a car? And they have come to you and said, well, this is what we're going to offer you. And then you come back and say, no, I'm going to offer you this, right? And if you get your way, you feel satisfied. You tell everybody, listen, I went to that dealership and I got exactly what I wanted. Well, Christ was saying to the devil, to, to those sins, to the sins of this world, he said, I'm going to counter you right now. There's not going to be any kind of back and forth because I'm going to do what? I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to let the blood, of the, the blood come from my body and I'm going to pay the price and I'm going to counter what man has got themselves in because of disobedience. How many of you have decided to do something different from what God is trying to tell you? You've been disobedient to God. Some of you right now, God is telling you. He's saying to you, listen, stop complaining. Even though the doctor have diagnosed you with a certain sickness, and yet you're countering God by complaints. That's why I'm telling you. You need these anchors so you will have something different to counter what's going on in your body that God may then be able to answer you. Oh my, how y'all hear me here? Oh, my, 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 my. Listen, the second thing I want to tell you, watch this. Grace reigned through one man. This is where it's going to get exciting. Verse 15 said this. It gives us the contrast of the differences by the differentiating which each did along with the effect of the action. In other words, Adam did something that affected us as humanity. Christ then came by and said, listen, I'm going to counter that thing, and the effect of what I'm going to do is going to bring you eternal life. Are y'all hearing me here? Listen, it's good that some, we had something to counter, something that we couldn't counter ourselves. I can't free myself from sin. You can't free yourself from sin. But Jesus said, I'm going to step out of the hollow halls of heaven, and I'm going to counter that which Adam was disobedient in with something that will bring you grace and something that will heal you from the inside. Oh, my. Can I make it plainer? Listen to me. If you went to the doctor and the doctor said, what's wrong with you? You said, well, doc, I got a pain in my stomach. The first thing he says is, where's the pain? And then he begins to try to diagnose you and find out what's happened. The next thing he says, we're going to run some x-rays. Oh, my. And, and so that he can be able to tell where the problem is. But God said, I don't need an x-ray machine. He said, I made you in my image and in my likeness, and I know everything that's going on with you. And so what you have been doing, what God said, you've been countering me with murmuring. You've been countering me with bad thoughts. You've been countering me with the things that don't move me. But if you begin to counter me with the, with the word of God, and the Bible said, search me, O Lord, that you may what find what's inside me that's not like you. He also says, listen, seek ye the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness and what and all these things will be added unto you see you've got to understand God said I want to give you something that counters the situation you've been in some of you right now and some bad situations the world is pressing on you right now there's injustices all around you and you have no idea on how to counter it and I want to tell you right now that you cannot counter this thing by acting or reacting to what the world is saying to you you cannot counter it by education or degrees. You can't do it. You have to counter that thing with the gospel. 
and God is the only one that will bring justice and grace will come into the midst of this humanity and begin to bring us together with our hearts and our minds that we can sit across the table from one another and learn to forgive each other for not only the present mistakes, but for everything that we've done in our past. Why? How do I know? The Bible said that when Jesus died on the cross, he forgave you not only for your present sin, he forgave you for your past sins, and he will also forgive you for the future ones that you have made. Well, that sounds kind of crazy, Pastor Matthew. How do you know he'll forgive me for my future? Well, it's because I wasn't born the day he was on the cross. And so he was already saying, I'm paying the price for you, Matthew, right now. I'm making a counteroffer to the devil right now that I'm going to pay for the sins of Matthew when he's born in 1967. I'm already paid for it. Well, how do I know? I was eight years old, and I felt the Lord coming to me, and he, speak to, he spoke to me. He said, Matthew, I want you to come, and I want you to work for me. I was eight. I didn't understand that. And I kept countering him. I kept saying, I don't want to go in church with those hypocrites. I want to do my own thing. And he kept countering me, and he kept countering me. And about the age of 36, I was trying to revamp a business that I had. And God allowed me prior to that to get in business, and it did well, and it went down. It did well, they went down. It did well, they went down. I just kept thinking, well, it's the economy. And God kept saying to me, no, I'm countering you every time. And I was going to my client that day, and I was, I was going to somewhere up in northern uh, South Carolina, and I got to my hotel, and I was it's earthly sick all the way there. And I decided to lay down and get some rest. And then I got up and got something to eat, and I came back, fell asleep again, and I heard the Lord said to me, you have denied me for over 20 years. Now is the time. You've denied me 20 years. Now is the time. He said it three times. It was right then that I accepted his counteroffer. Some of you, grace is coming for you. Grace has came for you. And God is asking you to stop countering him. Some of you need to answer him right now because you're the answer for what's going on in our streets and what's going on with our health system. You're the answer. God is asking you to raise up right now. But you've been counting him and telling him, God, not me. God, why me? God, I'm not the one that, that can do it. I don't have the great voice. I don't speak well. God, I, I don't, I'm black, God. They're not going to listen to me. God, I'm white. I'm too young. They're not going to listen to me. God said, whatever my word comes, it will accomplish that, what I sent it out to do. And I'm just asking you today to stop countering God. I'm asking you today to stand up with me, with this church. I'm asking you to stand up and allow and, and say to God, God, I'm no longer going to counter you. I'm going to accept that what you've already called me to do. Some of us are acting like the prophet who was called before he was even in his mother's womb. And because now we're facing some of the greatest trials, we're acting like we don't know what to do. We do. It's only through prayer that we can change things. And it's through forgiveness and love that we can begin to move together. I'm asking you to stop countering God. And here's one of the reasons why you can do that. Romans 10.9 tells us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, see, that's the first thing we need to do to never counter God again. And when we do that, then we can understand what grace will do for us and what it will do for our enemies. Grace came for me. I want to ask you this question. How much sin... Have you think that you've piled up? But I want to tell you, no matter how much you have, grace is in Christ, and he's more abundant than your sins. How much guilt do you think you have, and how much debt do you think you have? No matter how much you do, the gift of God is abundant, and grace is greater. 
Can I tell you again, grace has come for you, and grace has died for you. We are all born into Adam's physical family, but I will tell you the family, and that family is the family that leads to death. But on the other hand, because of Jesus, however, we can trade condemnation for forgiveness. We can trade condemnation for forgiveness. We can trade our sins for Jesus' righteousness. We can trade our ways of sin for Jesus' ways of righteousness. And Christ offers us an opportunity to be born into his spiritual family. And I just said it, Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in his heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes and unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I want to move into my last point. The results of one man's deed, 18 and 19, says this. The saints, I want you to, to notice that the lavish provision God offers all of us will come through Christ Jesus who has made us righteous. The one transgression that brought condemnation was Adam's act of choosing his way over obedience to God, word in the garden. I know for my own life, I have chosen disobedience many times over. I've chosen to do what my flesh feels like I want to do. I've chosen to do it because I, was, I didn't have enough money, so I wanted to choose my own way. And that was not what God was asking me to do. When he called me, he asked me to come to preach the gospel. And I figured the gospel didn't pay me enough. And so I went and started a construction company, and I made millions of dollars. Three years later, I was homeless. It was the greatest time I ever had to get to know God. Why is this important to you? And why is this important that I'm saying this? It's because until I understand what grace really was, I had to spend time with the one who was grace. And until we can understand our differences, we have to spend time with one another. And until I stopped talking and let God speak, I couldn't hear and understand what he was sending me. Until you let the one that's sitting across the table speak to you, who doesn't look like you, who doesn't act like you, until you can allow these two things to hear, then you can form a relationship. And God blessed me tremendously. I went from homeless to getting married to having a home. And now I'm standing here before you today preaching the word of God because grace came for me. I want to I charge all of you today that in this charged environment, and things that just seem so wrong or maybe you've just been ignorant to what has been going on. It's okay because Paul said, I was very ignorant. I had a great zeal for the church, but yet I was ignorant. But what? God did what? God chose him anyhow. I want you to understand that it is not your ignorance that is the problem. It is because we need to become more relational. Our God is a relational God. He sat with every sinner, every leader. And until we can do that, until we can sit down, grace cannot do its job like it wants to. But I will tell you, the reason why I'm preaching here is not because I'm black or not because they asked me to come because it's Juneteenth. I came because me and this pastor had a relationship long before all of this happened. And we will maintain a relationship way after all of this has happened. I'm standing before you today not because the color of my skin or I'm a great preacher. Well, some of y'all might say no. Uh, <laughs> But I stand here before you because God called me when I was eight years old. And this was already destined for me to be here this day. So please don't get this misconstrued. Grace called me. 
Your pastor didn't. Grace did. Grace has me standing here today. And I implore you to allow grace to sit down with one another and talk to one another. I implore each of you young people who don't know what, what to do or what to say, I implore you right now to sit down and have an open conversation and allow grace to speak. Yes, it's going to be a hard conversation. Yes, it is. But when we get past that, the freedom and the glory that we will have for one another will be on our imagination, what we can think or even imagine. I want to land the plane and close with this. Jerry Bridges, an author, said this in his book. Transforming Grace is the title. And it said this, guilty, vile, and helpless as we are. Spotless lambs of God was he. Fill atonement. Can it be? Hallelujah. What a Savior. That's a hymn from him. And then one of my second greatest writers and fathers of the old, Thomas Aquinas, said this. In life, in the life of the body, a man is sometimes sick. And this is really parallel to what we're doing. And unless he is taking medicine, he will die. Even so, in the spiritual life, a man is sick on account of sin. For this reason, he needs medicine so that he may be restored to health. And this grace is bestowed in the sacraments of penance. Who are we talking about? It was Jesus Christ that gave us the sacrament of penance when he put himself on that cross and he died for me and you. I want to say to you in this, in either case, we receive you and should feel that you and I should feel the offering that is open to us through Jesus Christ's arms. We should know that the presence of God is free and is with us always and that the love of Jesus Christ is a necessity through the power of grace and the power of freedom of forgiveness. And however prevalent, however rampant sin may be, grace can overcome it. Grace prevails over sin. Indeed, grace overwhelmingly <laughs> overwhelms it. I thank you for allowing me to be here with you. I thank you for allowing me to speak with you today. And may the grace of God and the peace of God be with you always. In Jesus' name, amen.